Hello and welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul. My co-host Justin Baker and I are ready for the East Division breakdown. If you haven't heard our Central, is that the one? Yeah, we just did. Yeah, Central. Central, Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Central. You can go back and listen to that. Uh, That was our last show. We are frantically trying to get through all the divisions before we uh, before the season starts. Uh, because you know, if the season starts and we haven't finished, then all everything's out the window, and there's no point. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, well, and today is is actually New Year's Eve, so Happy New Year, almost. Yeah, it's a way to end uh, 2020 with some hockey talk. So uh, I know it's so. I'm so glad the hockey's actually coming back. It would have been a much different year had hockey somehow been like, well, we can't do it. Dude. Or like, oh, well, all the Canadian teams, they're not allowed to play. 2020 would have just been a dumpster fire for sure. And I think it already is. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Which, you know, really means that the Tampa Bay Lightning's Stanley Cup, it doesn't actually count. Just, you know, you're wondering. (laughs) It it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't mean anything. Um, Sorry. It was, it's the 2020 asterisk season. Like, isn't that how we're going to look at it? Dude. A little bit. Like, this ain't like Barry Bonds for me, though, so no, I'll tell no, you that. No, not quite Barry Bonds. <laughs> no, Barry Bonds was much more legit. Uh, oh. <laughs> uh, everyone was doing steroids at that time. It's not his fault that he was the best at doing steroids. <laughs> <laughs> the best at denying it, anyways. That's true. I still don't think he did it, uh, despite how big his head grew in like, <laughs> a matter of two years. Uh, okay, so we are going to just alphabetical order through each team in this division now the east now consists of pretty much the same like some of the same traditional teams uh carolina and columbus are out and uh we've got the sabers and the bruins joining the devils islanders rangers flyers penguins and capitals so it's funny because this division actually makes more sense with at least the bruins in it it makes more sense Right. Like the Bruins are right next to everyone else. Uh, just a hop, skip, and a jump down from, like, uh, you know, take whatever, the train. New York and basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So uh, it makes sense for, for them to be in this division. Obviously, when everything's chugging along, you, you have to have it. The, the geographical location isn't going to be perfect, but uh, it'll be, it'll be fun having the Bruins in here with, uh, you know, with the Devils and the Rangers and the, the Capitals get to play each other. Particularly because Zidono Chara last night signed with the Washington Capitals after what did the Bru- the Bruins said that we're going with the young guys. They, yes, they have basically we have too many young guys that are better than Chara. We don't need them, dude. I can't wait to dive into that. Oh. Well, let's do it. Uh, let's start with the Boston Bruins and uh, and and we'll just kind of rock it through. So with that said, let's start on their defensive side because I think we know pretty much what we're getting from the forward side. Um, not a whole lot, uh, not a whole lot brought in in the offseason. So uh, defensively speaking, Zidono Chara out and that leaves us with Charlie McAvoy, Matt Grizzlick, Brandon Carlo, John Moore. You know, Connor Clifton. That left yeah. side is bare. That left side is bare. I mean, somebody's going to play the left side that is a right-handed D, right? Well, That's sure. I, okay, so you've obviously your your top two lefties are going to be Grizzlick and John Moore, which is not ideal for any franchise. I mean, they, they almost look as, I mean, 
like the Red Wings defense. You can call, maybe make a trade for Mark Stahl at this point, maybe give him some some ice time there. But uh, obviously, we McAvoy's great on the right side there. He's going to be their top go-to guy, uh, without a doubt. And, um, you know, on that second pairing, you're probably going to have Brandon Carlo, who I actually like on defense. He's he's a pretty good shutdown-type defenseman, and I think he, he's got some good potential there. And same with Grizzly, I wouldn't mind him, but not in a top-line role. And so, um, you know, when they say bringing their young guys, obviously you got to kind of throw his name in there. Even at 26, I figure they're, they're talking about him as well, especially with the contract they gave him for four more seasons. So, yeah, we're, I mean – where does that leave them and compared to the rest of the field, you know, especially in this division? I think it's, uh, I mean, it's not necessarily the worst, but it's definitely uh, mediocre. So, yeah, and, and you think about Charlie McAvoy as like a potential top line pair, but he's not exactly a, like, he's not putting up huge points. I mean, you know, you're talking a, a somewhere between 30 and 40 points is probably what Charlie McAvoy is going to gonna pop you um he kind of underperformed in the playoffs and I, I think he is going to need to step up like that's I mean he played with Chara quite a bit and he kind of grew up under Zidono Chara um, I think everybody was under Chara to be quite honest right, well, <laughs> no pun intended <laughs> yeah right uh but when you when you really you take a you take a, a 10,000 foot view of this defense it is pretty mediocre. It's might be they might have a worse defense than every team in this division, uh, and maybe we you know we can we'll eventually roll through. I mean, uh, the Buffalo Sabers. I'll take the Sabers defense over. Oh, the absolutely. At least they got Darlene. I mean, Darlene. yeah. Even, I mean, even Ristolainen, who gets a he takes a lot of crap, but he's he's still a good top four defenseman. He just isn't top pairing defenseman per right. se, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, Colin Colin Miller. You've got uh, Joki Harju now on the on the Sabers. Like, there's some there's some decent talent uh, on the Sabers back end, uh, and and Brandon Montour as well. But the Devils, I, I think maybe they maybe they compete with the Devils for the worst <laughs> the worst D in this in this league. Depending on how if if PK Subban, you know, maybe. Uh, Maybe he's, him breaking up with Lindsey Vaughn is just what. Yeah, and he's been working out with the Rock all dude, all year long. I, I mean, so I wonder if it'll make any make any difference. I mean, uh, sometimes you hear guys like, "Oh, they've been they've been getting strong. They've been doing this," and then they're slow as balls. <laughs> I, I think once such, you get older, you have to get stronger. Well, but there's such a fast. balance. Yeah, but there's such a balance between the amount of weight that you gain and like your speed and your strength. Like, how much strength do you need? versus how much speed do you need right like where's the like at some point you gain too much strength and you drop below a certain speed threshold and you're done like what advantage is it if you're the strongest player in the league i mean true yeah i'm sure uh, you know there's there obviously there's there's some benefits but would you rather be the fastest guy in the league or the strongest player in the league yeah yeah it's pretty well, easy choice in, the, in today's nhl day, yeah. at least and I mean, so yeah, from a Boston standpoint, the other thing I'm concerned with for McAvoy, right, on defense is like w- when McAvoy came in this league, he was at his best when Char was back there playing just that safe and sound defenseman, not you know, play, you know, moving up in the play and letting McAvoy do his thing, run around, play that offensive style. 
And then, of course, you know, yeah, now I mean, that... but he never... I mean, 28 points is his most... Or his uh, 32 points is the most he's had in the season. Well, sure, yeah. But, I mean, like, you know, that first year in the playoffs where he just... He looked so good. And, um, you know, again, I, I... I mean, you know, to me, Charlie McAvoy That's is not... four years ago. Uh, yeah, I know, right? It's been that, that long. You know, McAvoy's obviously, in my opinion, not a top 10 defenseman. But for him to be in that conversation in terms of top defenseman, he's got to be a guy that has somebody back there protecting, you know, that defensive end. And, you know, I'm interested to see now that he's going to be relied upon to be both that defenseman and that offensive plug for this back end. How's that going to work out? You know? Yeah, I mean, it's the the loss of Zidona Chara pales in comparison to the loss of Tory Krug. I mean, Tory Krug was putting up, last year he had 49 points in 61 games. Like, the guy's a, a practically a 50, 60 point guarantee every single year. Yeah, you know? he was a great power play guy for this team. I mean, so now it's it's McAvoy's, right? Uh, right. I you, mean, he's you've lost everything. Carry it. Yeah. And I don't think that he's good enough to carry it. Like, I think that he maybe is the most overrated defenseman in the NHL. Wow. I don't know if I, I'd go Fine. there yet, who, but. Who's, who is more overrated than Charlie McAvoy? Huh. Not overpaid, because we, like, sure. you know, okay, PK Subban, he's overpaid. But at this point, Maybe a really general, like, oh, yeah, I've heard of P.K. Subban before. He's really good. I mean, like, you could throw Shane Gostasphere's name maybe in that, that circle, too. But um. Yeah, but Shane, but Gostasphere, he is not even, he's not even their top top defenseman. Sure, and that's going to, and McAvoy this year we're definitely, top yeah, this year we're definitely going to see how over or <laughs> underrated he actually is. Maybe I, maybe I just can't help but think of Doc Emmerich just kind of like, pumping his tires so much that <laughs> I, I, NBC just has like a thing for if, a for Boston but also for, well, amen for McAvoy that. it seemed like so well, let's um, talk about the forwards yes to the forwards <laughs> now that now that we've just spent you know 10 minutes just talking about Boston's defense um, I mean offensively this team doesn't look a whole lot different you know from from last season other than the fact that you've got Pasternak and Marshan who are both probably miss they're definitely both going to miss training camp uh which for some teams started today uh, but Pasternak is out until sometime in February probably mid-February okay I think he had surgery on September 16th and they said five months from then so that'd be you know mid-February um Marshawn September 14th and uh they said he'd be back in four months so he should be back pretty much started the season you know he might miss game one or two, but I would expect that he's back before the end of January. Uh, so you get your you get your guys back. Yeah, you go into the season and you're not totally healthy, and that that's kind of unusual. You know, guys getting surgery in September seems weird. <laughs> right. like, why didn't you get... When when was the... When did the Stanley Cup Finals end? June. June, right? Like, was it June? No, July. No, uh, yeah. August, I'm sorry. August, Gosh. Right, yeah. So, I mean, the, Sorry, Bruins, normally. the Bruins got eliminated in the second round for first. Technically the second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. minus the preliminary. It was right, because they, they, they were a yeah. bye, technically. Oh, well, they were a, yeah, okay, so they didn't play in the preliminary round. Right. Who'd they lose to, the Lightning? I believe so. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they, they've been out for a little while. For it to take another... An extra month and a half for the for the Bruins to, or for these guys to get their surgery seems a little weird, but uh, anyways, they're they're going to miss some time. But you know, I, for, 
Well, you wonder what David Krejci can can give you in his final season of his seven plus million dollar contract uh, per year. He's, well, the question is, is he even going to finish the season with Boston? Right? Sure. If they could deal, yeah. Would they look to deal him? I don't know. Yeah, it depends. I mean, it depends where they are in the standings for one, um, you know, and two. You know, do they think let's get some value out of this guy because we're you know I, I don't think probably so. not going to resign him. I don't think so. I think that he's probably going to he'll he'll finish out the season okay. in Boston and I I could see David Krejci being a uh, like a Thornton Marlowe kind of like I'm going to stick around I'll sign my one 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 deal or or like a one year two million like he still has value just. He's just way overpaid at this point, right? And which is which is what you get when you you know you pay an older player seven eight years in advance. Right. <laughs> just it's just going to happen, especially a guy like Krejci who is he's still uh, effective. Yeah, he, I mean, he's yeah. effective. He just you know he's slowed down and he's he's more of a a third line center. Uh, of course, you know with uh, with the couple guys that are out, he's going to be asked likely to maybe be bumped up the lineup, but. Uh, I think it's more likely you're going to get the wingers, wingers kind of scooted around, and Jake DeBrusque might get some time. Andre Kasha might get a little bit of time with Patrice Bergeron, but that's uh, you know we'll we'll see what happens in camp for the Bruins. But for the most part, you just with the Bruins, you're like, okay, let's wait for their top line to get healthy, and then they'll roll. Right, like that top line's so good they carry the rest of the team, and they're going to need goaltending to you know. Hold down the fort for yeah, you know, the, a few weeks and then get that top line going again. The Bruins, the interesting thing about them is is really what's gonna happen after this season because you've got you know, you've got Krejci who's a UFA, you have Rask and Halak who are UFAs, and you're gonna start to kind of see some of these guys who have been Bruins mainstays potentially peace out. Um, they did it this you've season. You've already seen Chara leave, <laughs> yeah, and and Krug leave, and you wonder if this is, you know, is this kind of the the deconstruction of the Bruins that we've known? They're going to continue to build around Marshawn, Bergeron, and Pasternak as long as they can. Pasternak, obviously, he's, you know, he'll be fine for the next decade years. plus. Yeah, uh, but Bergeron, how much time? You know, he's got two years left on his contract, and how much time does he really have left as this top center? Right, and they don't have much in terms of depth at the center position either. So when you're, you know, when you look at Bergeron and you say, okay, we're not worried because we got a guy coming up that's going to basically hold down the fort afterwards. And so, yeah, you do worry a little bit about that. I think, um, you know, maybe Trent Frederick. You know, I'd like to see what he brings this season. You talked about it, Andre Kasha, guys like that that are going to get a little bit more of an opportunity, hopefully, uh, for them. You know, the big question mark obviously next off season is going to be the goaltending. But um, you know, outside of that, I, I think this team's pretty much, you know. They I, might end up being the next Chicago where they look at their veteran guys and be like, hey, we got to start rebuilding around, you know, pasta. And yeah, but go the, from the there. fortunate thing is they didn't give Bergeron and Marchand 10 plus million dollar right. contracts. They are signed for around six, and it's really easy. Like, if they wanted to move any of them, they could. And like, they're time. not going to. They're not no. going to move them. They're, they're going to ride those guys out for as long as they'll they're They'll let effective. those guys be lifers. Yeah. yeah. For as long as they're effective, they'll. they'll uh, make it happen. All right, let's go to, to the Buffalo Sabres. We'll give our uh, our predictions for playoffs in the end, but um, this division is probably the most difficult to pick for the playoffs. Yeah. Because uh, in my mind, every team could make the playoffs uh, if everything goes right. There's probably two teams in here that I would say I, I'd be willing to bet that they wouldn't make the playoffs. 
but the other six teams, man, it's going to be a dogfight. Any of them could finish first. Any of them could finish sixth. Yep. Uh, speaking of the Buffalo Sabres, I think they're one of the teams that won't make the playoffs. Uh, <laughs> but what would need to happen with this team to make the playoffs? One addition, Taylor Hall, coming in at one year, eight million bucks. What could Taylor Hall mean to the Buffalo Sabres? Like, what what needs to happen for the Sabres to make the playoffs in this division? And I, I know they added Eric Stahl as well, uh, who we'll see how effective he he could be with this team. Right. Yeah. So ideally, maybe Eric Stahl is your second line center. Um, you know, again, I don't know what they're going to do with you know Sam Reinhart. They're going to try him back on the wings again or put him back at center. But for this team to make the playoffs, they need to be like Calgary a couple seasons ago where everybody had career years, right? We saw it with Goudreau, Monaghan, all these guys were having these career seasons, and the same thing has to happen with Buffalo. Now, I think Taylor Hall has that potential because, you know, yeah, do you pair him with a guy like you know Eichel who's going to you know dish out some really good assists and, and get a lot of goals? Um, yeah, you, know, you just go Eichel, Skinner, and Hall? Right, because Skinner can up? play the right side and Hall plays the left. Exactly. Or do you maybe move Jeff Skinner with Eric Stahl on that second line because they're from you know Carolina? They've got some history. That's true. Yeah. So maybe you try to reignite you I know forget, Jeff yeah, Skinner. I that they play together. Yeah. Right. So you know again, I, I think they got to find the right chemistry. They got to get all these guys clicking on all cylinders at the right time. Uh, the other thing is, I think you need maybe you know maybe another piece on defense and you need that goaltending to actually be decent goaltending this year because that was a big problem last year too right they brought in Carter Hutton who they thought you know from St. Louis was going to be a guy who could give them you know some decent goaltending didn't really work out while they're trying to bring up Allmark and maybe some other younger goaltenders um you know who knows maybe they give Jimmy Howard a call here uh you know Jimmy Howard I believe is actually from Buffalo if they want to finish in last then yeah (laughs) call Jimmy Howard he can definitely give them an 8-7-0 save percentage for sure Lukanen, he's he's obviously going to be in their top three goaltenders. Um, you know, he looked decent last year, but again, I don't know what kind Dustin of goaltender he's going to Tukarski. Oh my gosh, give him a call. Dude. <laughs> well, he's on there. Uh, he's in the minors for him. Yeah, and he'll be staying in the minors. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think Pierre Maguire thought he was going to be the next Patrick Waugh. But... Stop it. Uh, yeah, so. Yeah, I think he was a first round pick, Dustin Tukarski. Was he really? Well, that would was, be funny. So he had this like crazy save in World Juniors at one point. And there's just this clip of Pierre Maguire going, Just touch a car, Sky! No, I lied. He was taken in the fifth round. So okay. I was about to say. Um, yeah, but again, I just Buffalo needs their guys, their top guys, to have career seasons if they're going to have any shot of making the playoffs. Because we know you're going to get Jack Eichel. He's going to be putting up, you know, in a 50 you know, 60 game season, he'll probably put up close to 80 points. And I don't think that's that far fetched. Um, you know, now Taylor Hall, if he can get a point per game, maybe a little bit more, that would be ideal. Um, you know, for the rest of the guys, um, you know, who knows what we're going to get to be quite honest. I think everybody yeah. else is kind of going to be a mixed bag, you know, maybe well, Victor Olson, you know, you're hoping that he can in a 56 game season last year in about the same amount of time, he had 20 goals. And I think that, you know, if you can get 20, 20 more goals from Olafson. Uh, Cody Eakin could come in and kind of stabilize that third line a little bit. I'm, Zemgus Gergensen's is such an up and down guy. Like he's useful in some scenarios, but I, I think Cody Eakin provides a little more stability. Uh, you know, maybe you can get something out of Kyle Ocposo. I mean, th- these guys haven't played since March. Remember that. Like this is one of the teams that they have not played in a long time. 
uh, you know, maybe there's a chance that somebody, some of these older guys have kind of repaired and done a little bit of extra training. I don't know, but uh, you, you'd like to think that you maybe could milk something out of Ocposo who's making six million bucks a year. You hope so. You got to think Reinhardt's going to bring it. He's in a contract year, and uh, I mean, from five point two million, he just being qualified, he's going to get a, what a fifteen percent bump. So it's you know basically he's going to get six million bucks next year minimum. Well, that's assuming that they qualify him, right? Well, they'll qualify. Sam I mean, Reinhardt. no, maybe they just trade his rights. You know, maybe they're just sick of him and they just want to get a fresh start. Well, but I so, mean, he had fifty points in six. No, I know games. you're you're going to keep him around if you're Buffalo because you don't have much yeah. <laughs> in the kitchen cupboards with this right. team in terms of forwards. So yeah, you're keeping him, no doubt. But uh, like I'm saying, I mean, you just uh, this Sabres team could be sneaky. They could be with with, could. with some of their additions. I, I still think that they missed the playoffs, but I think they'll be more entertaining. And if Rossman Stalin can take that that step where he goes from all right, he's a really good defenseman to holy crap, like I mean he 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 is a very good defenseman. But if he goes and not isn't just only that number one type of defenseman, but becomes all right, your top fifteen defenseman in the league, top twenty defenseman in the league, and can really shut things down and. Then you're looking at a different Sabres team, yeah. which I mean, the progression of what he's been able to do the last two years this year, you expect him to step in and, and be a very effective for this team, uh, a team that, you know, isn't a lot of their defense, some of their defense is going to leave after this year, I think. So uh, this this is a, I think, a very important year for the Sabres. And it's if a they, contract year for Darlene, too. And for Taylor Hall. Yeah. If. The Sabres can make the playoffs. I think Taylor Hall probably resigns there and, and signs long term. Yeah, that's uh it's gonna be tricky because I'm sure he's gonna want at least the same amount of money he has now. And why would you want three guys uh making more than eight million dollars on this team? I don't know. But the Leafs. The Leafs yeah, I don't know. Three guys making over ten million. <laughs> Those are guys that actually produce. Uh, you know, they've got one guy that's been producing at that money right now. So Yeah, I mean Jeff Skinner probably uh they're regretting that one. Slightly overpaid. I, I mean, still, you look at you look at what he did the year after they signed him. I mean, he had what close to forty goals, or 40, yeah, forty goals. And last year, definitely took a, a giant step backwards. But if he can come back into what he did the previous year, yeah, he he might not be worth nine million. But if he can put up like twenty five and twenty five this season, I would be happy with Jessica. Sure, sure. Yeah. And then and then he's worth he's probably more worth six million. And in that case, you're overpaying him a little bit, but it's manageable. Like, it's one thing when you've got another, you know, when you're paying somebody $6 million like Kyle Ocposo, who isn't producing anything. He's fourth line points right now. Yeah, I get it. Sabres, I I think there's a scenario where they can make the playoffs if they, like, this. the chemistry is off the chains and they, you know, have this first line that's kind of could rival Boston's first line. I mean, they're going to have to play the Boston Bruins seven times, right? Seven That'll be eight, fun. Seven seven times? Yep, seven times. Seven times. Uh, maybe more. I think some teams maybe more, right? Eight times. Because there's eight teams. You play seven teams. Eight times seven is 56. Yeah, so. Math is hard. Yeah. So you play every team eight times in this division. That's It's going to be so fun. Looking at some of the schedules where teams play the same team three times in a row. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. Especially, so baseball-esque. Especially later in the season, if you've got two teams fighting for a playoff spot and you play three times in a row or even two times in a row, like those those are going to be intense. All right, let's go on uh, New Jersey Devils. 
Probably the other team that is least likely to make the playoffs. Maybe probably less likely than the Buffalo Sabres. Um, there is a whole lot to like about some of their youth, but most of it is just potential. Like Jack Hughes yeah. is potential. Nico Heischer, I mean, we, we've seen glimpses of what he can do, and he certainly you know, maybe has the potential to be like a, a Patrice Bergeron style of player where he's a, a top center but is more along the defensive side. But his production has like dropped each year he's been in the NHL, and that's not what you want to see. Uh, what do you expect out of this Devils team? Well, um, ideally, if you're a Devils fan, right, we're, we're expecting these guys to grow, especially the guys up front. Um, what I'm expecting out of this team is a last-place finish. I'll just say it right now. Just get it out of the way. Um, however, they could surprise me, and I say that because I love their goaltending tandem right now. Yeah, Blackwood uh, and Crawford is fun. Right. Much better than... Schneider. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't think Blackwood is an NHL number one top 10 goaltender, but I think with the right 1A, 1B combo, he can be very effective. And he still has potential to grow and get better. And if you got you got Crawford and Mackenzie Blackwood locked up for less than $7 million for the next two years, yeah. that's very ideal. How many goaltenders are good in the NHL at the age of 23? Right. There's not like a ton. number ones. There's yeah. so few. I mean, you've got like Vasilevsky, Hollebuck, and Hollebuck. But very, I mean, Hollebuck took quite a bit of time. He did to become the goalie that he is now. I mean, he's what now? He's 25, 26. Yeah, something like that. Uh, but Mackenzie still, Blackwood certainly has the opportunity to still grow and become that number one. I think, and yeah. I think that's what the Devils are are counting on, which is what you know they bring in Corey Crawford with the hopes of Crawford and them splitting a lot of time. And him growing from Crawford. I mean, Crawford yeah. has seen every scenario possible. He's been on last place teams or pretty darn close to it. And he's also won the cup. <laughs> and that's the thing. You have a Stanley Cup winning goaltender back there to help you out, yep. to teach your young guy how to win. So that that's the most exciting part for me is watching that goaltending tandem. Um, and then again, we kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier. You look at that defense, P.K. Supan, right? What are you going to get out of this guy this year? He's 31, so he's on the wrong side of 30 at this point. But he shouldn't be that far on the right no no not at all not at all he still is very capable of living up to that contract i still think he's a capable guy you know at 56 games to maybe potentially put up 35 to 40 points he can be that guy and that's especially assuming that maybe some of these younger forwards like your your hughes your nico heishers uh your gusevs kyle palmieri these guys continue to produce and maybe get a little bit better in some cases so um, you know, as far as the rest of the defense goes, Will Butcher, Ryan Murray, these guys, I'm not really sure what to expect. Um, you just hope that they're they're serviceable and, and decent enough every night to give them a, a fighting chance. So we'll see. Yeah, I think they're going to be quite bad, but hopefully Jack Hughes can score more than seven goals. <sighs> yeah. He, he has nowhere to go but up. Uh, but hopefully, you know, he doesn't prove to be a, a giant bust. <laughs> Uh, and the way his brother's playing now, too, I'm sure that's a little difficult to swallow when you can't yeah, why produce. Why going training with him? <laughs> All right. Uh, the Devils kind of sort of a self-explanatory team. There's there's really not a whole lot there. You know, I, I do like the addition of Andreas Janssen. I think that it, it's good for Janssen. He's going to get the opportunity to be relied upon more. He, he played good minutes with good players, but he was always a very secondary type of guy. And I think he'll be really good for somebody like Jack Hughes or for Nico Heischer uh, because he can score. Right. I, 
he can absolutely score 20 goals, no problem. Uh, in a 56-game season, you know, I I think it would be a big disappointment if Andreas Janssen finished with less than 15, 16 goals. Okay. Yeah, and the, that's what you're looking for. The beautiful part is, too, is at 3.4. If it doesn't work out, you don't feel the chemistry this year. I mean, I wouldn't, but you have the you, opportunity you, you to move him. You could do yeah. it, yeah. All right, let's go with the New York Islanders. Uh, I mean, this team has uh, has surprised, I think, everyone since Barry Trotz came and took it over. Uh, I don't think anyone's surprised that Barry Trotz is a good coach because <laughs> he's a good coach. Uh, but Lou Lamarillo and Barry Trotz have come in here and really given the, the Islanders an identity. And the Islanders really, like, they could finish in last in this division. And everyone would go, oh, finally, they're playing the way we all thought they would. But they also could win this division, no problem, no questions asked. Like, they'll probably be third in the division. Right about where they've been every single time. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not, I mean, there's nothing flashy about their defense. You know, uh, I mean, uh, why am I? I'm forgetting his name who retired. Boychuk. Uh, Johnny Boychuk. Yeah, because yes, of the eye. So that's, you know, un- unfortunately. But he's going to do the Henrik Zetterberg thing yeah, where he just goes on IR. IR. Yeah. But it's, uh, you know, you, you look at what they've got on defense, and it's they just solid from top to bottom. There's really no one where you're like, ooh, I don't want him on, don't want him on my defense. Like, even like a Scott Mayfield now, Adam Pellish, like all these guys can are serviceable. Right, and the thing I love about their defense. system. Right, they play within the system, so it gives them the ability to, to move these guys up and down at any given time, yep. and you're not leaving a giant hole on your defense. Right. Uh, the one guy I'm interested in, Noah Dobson, obviously he's yeah. the young up-and-comer. I'm interested to see what he brings now that he's going to be given a full-time opportunity now that they move Taves out of there, and you know, Boychuk's obviously yep. retired, so he'll get a lot more opportunity to sh- get some minutes. So Yeah, he only played in one game in the playoffs last year. Right, so he should be exciting to watch if you're an Islanders fan. And then up front, the, the big question is Matthew Barcel. Like, they got to get him re-signed here. Yeah, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've heard nothing. I haven't found any, like, no hints of, oh, you know, they're working out this deal or this or that. Um you know, and I'm sure he's probably looking at Anders Lee's contract to be like, hey, I at least want $7 million. I mean, yeah. I'm your top point producer every year. Like, pay me the bucks, right? And, I mean, he, he deserves it. I don't know if you're, you know, he's looking for a seven, eight-year deal or if they're trying to, to get him on the short term at three, four years. I mean, but, they, they've, my guess is that they are looking at the short term. I mean, they have $3.9 million in cap space right now. Uh, not that there's not, you know, they could move somebody. But, I mean, they've got... Uh, Timoshev is also a, an RFA. They're they're going to have to resign Bo, uh, Beauvillier. You've got Sazikas, who's a UFA at the end of the year. Like there's there's going to be some some changes here coming. Uh, Sorokin is Sorokin is uh, <laughs> is that which which one is it? I have no idea. <laughs> Ilya, I'm just kidding. It's it's Sorokin. Sorokin. Yeah. Wow, I had it wrong. <laughs> Gosh, uh, they. Uh, yeah, I mean they're going to have to resign some of these guys, and and some things are going to have to change. Uh, they they have quite a few of these like five million dollar, and that's the thing they Rock have all Nelson, these middle Everly, six guys. Ladd. I mean, Lad is is definitely the one you go. Oh, can you can you dump that somewhere? Uh, but they tried not. with uh, Parise, was it? I think they were trying to make that deal. Oh, who knows if that'll yeah. still happen? But yeah. you know, obviously they want to get Barzell signed up first. Yeah, this. Uh, I mean, I think this team is probably about pretty similar to what they were last year. They're 
they certainly have potential to win a round, maybe two. They also could, like, sometimes these these teams that are purely built around a system, you just hit a year where it just doesn't work. Right. Like guys don't have the best season, and it just doesn't happen. But I think they will have such good goaltending that it's going to probably catapult them at least pretty darn close to the playoffs. Yeah, Sorokin's looking to say, hey, you know, because they gave him a one-year deal thinking, okay, you know, are you just going to be a fluke? Are you going to be the real deal? So I think they're, you know, looking for him to really elevate his game and prove, hey, this is why we're going to give you five or six million dollars a year for a few more years. Yep, yep. Okay, uh, let's go New York Rangers. Maybe the maybe the most, like, exciting, interesting, like, if there's one team in this division to go, who do I want to watch every night? The New York Rangers are are going to be towards the top of that list, uh, just in the league in general. Not even not even just this division, uh, just because there's so much hype around uh, Alex Lafreniere and Capo Caico, seeing if he can you know kind of turn that that rookie season that was not as bad as Jack Hughes, but pretty much as bad as Jack Hughes. <laughs> he scored ten goals. He was supposed to be the like the best goal scorer of the class, and ten goals in sixty six games. I mean. Uh, there's a lot of players that scored ten goals that <laughs> right. that cost them much less than a, a second overall pick. Um, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what this team can do, especially since you know Artemi Panarin, the MVP of the NHL, uh, can he do it again? And this time with a Lafreniere, who you know we all expect him to be right around that like point per game. I think is you know if if he has less than 40 points disappointment and it's you know there's there's going to be a little bit of a dude how can we not like we've gotten the first overall and the second overall and we're not yeah he lucked into a situation because look you look at jack hughes right the number one pick from the year previous he goes to a situation where he doesn't have a supporting cast now you want to talk about an ideal supporting cast they're going to throw lafaniere in a top six role ideally right but you get guys like ryan strom zabinajad Kreider, panarin guys who have proven that they can produce and if all you got to do is just literally just tap it in half the time frick well, you should easily I, he'll likely play you're going to have panarin up on that top line and sure. i think that Lafreniere will play behind him. I I, I agree absolutely. I, I think you're going to have him probably you know play with Capo Caco and Ryan Strom on that second line. Maybe you throw in a you know Bushnevich because he was he looked pretty good up on that top line with Panarin and uh, Zabinajad. But then there's Kreider again. There's a, a bevy of combinations here you can yeah. do for a top nine, yeah. which is just gorgeous. And then you know obviously you look on that back end, you have a lot of really good puck movers like Adam Fox, D'Angelo. You know, again, Jacob Truba. Who knows? But um, yeah, they're they're loaded with talent, and then they they got even luckier this off season because you know they managed to say, hey, we're going to keep Shosturkin as our number one. We got this young Russian guy, and he's looking at to prove it again, just like our you know historic Sorokin. Yeah, this is. Uh, I mean, it's the first year ever that the, the uh, since what two thousand and five that the New York Rangers have been without Henrik Lundqvist, a new starting goalie. Yeah, and uh, it'll be. It'll be interesting to see how that goes. Uh, yeah, it's uh, this is a Rangers team that I don't see them winning this division, but certainly they're in the playoff mix. Sure. Uh, I just wonder their their defensive depth. Once you once you get past Truba, D'Angelo, Adam Fox, you you kind of start to hesitate a little bit when you talk about Jack Johnson and Brendan Smith. Well, is Brendan Smith going to play forward or defense this season? True, so true. we'll see what happens with that. 
but there's there there is maybe a lack of depth on on defense for the New York Rangers. I know they have like yeah, just just not a not a ton down the pipeline. You've got Radish in the in the minor. I leagues, like Keandre Miller and yeah yeah. I there's mean, there's some good pieces there, these, but these guys can they can be slotted in, but whether or not they can push the needle enough. Uh, well, they definitely don't have that Shea Weber, that shut down. I can do well, everything I mean, type defenseman Peter Angelo. They yeah, don't have that yeah. kind of guy, right? And, and that's you know your Jacob Trub is more your shutdown guy. You've got D'Angelo who can probably put up some points for you. And yeah, uh, this team, you look at them and you're like, I want those players. Right. You know, I like those players on my team. Can do they have the right combination uh, to be able to? You know, I think if they just make the playoffs and they lose in the first round again, I think there is a level of disappointment. Like, I think you expect to win a round if you're the team. You, you like, you can't, uh, you can't go in. Of course, all the players are thinking they can win the cup, but you, from an organization standpoint, you don't want to go into this year and miss the playoffs. That's a step back. If you just make the playoffs and you get skunked by Washington or uh, whoever ends up winning this for the Flyers, anyone could win this division. Then you're looking at this and going, all right, we still like we're still missing the mark somewhere. Like now you've signed Panarin, you've you had your little run in the playoffs where you won the preliminary round. Now you got to take a step and win a real round. Like that preliminary round was not real life, right? <laughs> or no, they didn't win the preliminary round. They lost. No, they lost. lost but, yeah, and they but got still. skunked. Yeah, they they look pretty bad. So that that is the next. Like, can you make the real playoffs and? push the envelope and, and you know if you if you go to seven games and you lose or you know or you're playing just you're the fourth place team and you get you you're able to compete with the top team in that division i think you're feeling good about yourself but uh i think this team needs to take a step forward because of the money that they've spent also it's new york it's not a market that's like yeah take your time right <laughs> they're not like toronto right because yeah. oh, <laughs> toronto takes their time sure yeah, of course <laughs> all right uh let's go Philadelphia Flyers, probably maybe the most unexpected rise to the top in terms of their uh, their regular season production last year. Uh, what do you think of this team coming into this year? Yeah, they, to me, are kind of like the New York Islanders where they could potentially win this whole division or they could easily fall to the bottom and be one of those, you know, Buffalo, New Jersey teams that we've been talking about, um, they could surprise me and disappoint me all at the same time. I, They have a good makeup of, of veterans and young guys here, especially up front. You look at, you know, your your Travis Konechny's, your, you know, Claude Giroux and um, Kevin Hayes. But, you know, on the back end, that's, you know, that's where the question marks are, right? On defense, obviously, we know Ian Provorov. I love him, love his game. But Shane Gossesphere, you know, what are we going to get? Travis Sanheim, is he going to take another step here? Um, you know, again, that's those are the questions. Robert Hag, he looked pretty good in the Yeah, playoffs. Niskanen, I, I loved his game last year, but he's retired. He's gone now, so yeah. he's not playing anymore. Um, I like how on Cap Friendly it says he's suspended without pay. Is he really? Yeah. <laughs> that's I great. I was like, what did he do? And then, oh, yeah, he retired. Right. Um, obviously, back in net, we know they've got a good can tandem with Hart and Elliott, so I have no concerns as far as their goaltending goes. But it's just really, are they going to get consistent production out of their forward group? Because that's that, to me, is the big question mark, too. You know, again, with this mix of veterans and young guys, are the young guys going to step up? Are the veterans like JVR, are they going to produce? Are they going to be riding the bench? Who knows? Yeah, I mean, can can JVR stay, stay healthy? 
Right. Um, he did last year, and I mean, he, 19 goals in 66 games, not bad. He two goals in the playoffs in 12 games. That's where you were you're disappointed in maybe the way he played in the playoffs. Uh, I think finding him some kind of spot. It, it doesn't seem like he's he's that comfortable or has really found his role at this point. Maybe he just doesn't. He well, when you're not healthy and you're not playing on yeah. a consistent basis, yeah. it's it's very hard. And, you know, they have a lot of guys like Jacob Voracek, right, guys above him who have been there a little bit longer, who are getting paid a little bit more money that they're trying to push, right? So if you're a JVR, it's harder to make your mark when you're not getting the opportunity maybe, you know, guys like Voracek might be. Yeah, uh, and I, I mean, I think, you know, as long as Sean Couturier is playing the way that he was playing last year. Most you're, underplayed you're player in the league. Great shape. If Travis Konechny, I mean, he's had 24 goals the last three years. Exactly 24 goals. Uh, a 61-point season. If he can build, I mean, basically had a point per game. If uh, Konechny's building on a, on an almost point per game pace and you're able to get some, you're able to press even more out of him, uh, this is not a Flyers team that's missing the playoffs to me. This is this team is maybe the one team that I think is a lock for the playoffs. Interesting. In I, th- okay. I think they're they're all but guaranteed. Especially the goaltending is strong. I mean, even Brian Elliott as your backup goalie, he still he still has something to offer. Uh, Carter Hart is only getting better. Like he was and a contract year, so he's definitely going to be better. I think. True. True. Uh, yeah, and and you're looking at a year where you know. He'll probably only play. I mean, he played 43 games uh, last year, a 9.14 save percentage in the playoffs, and 14 games, 9.26 save percentage. So, I mean, he was he was great in the playoffs. This year, you're probably looking at 35 games is what he's going to play out of the 56, maybe 40, maybe 40. Yeah, you know, you might you might try and push a younger goalie, seeing if he can uh, he can you can kind of squeeze a little bit extra out of him, depending on how you feel about Brian Elliott this year, but. Uh, I do think that Carter Hart is he's he's going to just he's going to continue to to push and and get a little bit better. So that is only going to help the Flyers. Uh, I, I again I see this team as an absolute lock for the playoffs. There's few teams that I that, that I'm not I putting them in like. a lock yet, but yeah, I'm, I'm willing to to definitely like. There's no way that they're finishing fifth in this division with the team that they they have out here so i hope you're right all right pittsburgh penguins i know i said i wasn't gonna give any playoff predictions but that's my <laughs> one lock. okay pittsburgh penguins they did a little bit of tweaking i'll say over the uh over the off season uh they bring in michael matson they they get uh jack johnson off the jack books. johnson's oh. gone kasperi kapanen in from the from the Leafs, so kind of reigniting a little bit in the from the forward position. They had a lot of guys go down uh, with injury last year, and it just it was a very tumultuous year in terms of keeping guys healthy. Even like you know when when your top players go down, it's it's hard to have a good consistent year. And of course, they lose to the Montreal Canadiens in those that preliminary round. And now you come into this year, and you know you you look at what they what they have on defense. It's serviceable at best. I mean, Chris Letang's still good, but uh, you know, when you anytime you've got Cody Cece on your defense, you <laughs> is that better than Jack Johnson at this point? I, I think so. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I think yeah, I think we'd all rather have 
Cody CC over Jack. Yeah, Johnson. I would agree with you. I, I like John Marino back there, but outside of him and Latang, there's not much to get excited about, right? Um, you know, they're all bottom pairing guys, in my opinion. After that, so you know, can can this goaltending kind of shut the door? Tristan Jari, I, I like his game, but is he a bona fide number one? I don't know. Um, he could be, a, you know, just a number another one B, you know, number two type goaltender because he's never been given that starting role I mean I know he did play majority of the games last year and looked pretty good um, but this is this is it now now you don't have Matt Murray to fall back on because I'm not putting a lot of faith in Casey to Smith to bail them out if, if something goes wrong with Jari and then up front we talked about the injuries right so hopefully guys can stay healthy you get Sidney Crosby for a majority of the year um, you don't have to worry about Patrick Hornquist getting hurt and out for a, a length of time either now because he's gone um, well I think you got to look at this year if you're at Pittsburgh Penguins and say we like you got to go all in. Yeah, all your window's getting in. your window's Crosby's closing. Thirty three, Malkin's thirty four. Like this is you're you're getting close. The Latang's thirty three. You're getting close to the end here. You get a full season with Jason Zucker, a full season with Brandon Tanev. You've got that that insert of speed in Kasperi Kapanen, who will definitely uh, play into the system that Mike Sullivan has uh, has put into place over the last five years. One addition that. Kind of flies under the radar that I really like. Mark Jankowski, uh, you know, drafted by the Calgary Flames. And two years ago, you know, a 32-point guy, 14 goals last year, took took a pretty heavy step back. Only had seven points in 56 games. But if he can find his game again and you can get a guy who's, you know, a 30, a 35-point 30, guy over the course of what would be an 82-game season, so, you know, 15, 20 points in a 56-game season, uh, I think that you are... Like that's that's a that's a huge bonus. I mean, from your third, fourth line center, uh, maybe you know maybe he's playing on the wing. He's responsible defensively. That definitely helps the the Penguins, and uh, he kind of replaces. Uh, oh gosh, what's what's the guy they got from the Red Wings who couldn't score a goal for? Oh, name? Riley Shahan. Riley Shahan couldn't yeah. score a goal. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he kind of he kind of replaces him a little bit, uh, but. I really like this forward group. I think it's got a good mixture of speed and, uh, you know, with a guy like Tanev up front, you get a little bit extra grit. Uh, I think this team, this team could win the whole division and blow through in the playoffs, but they also could, who knows, you know, if guys can't stay healthy again, you might be looking at a Penguins team that's outside the playoffs. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's Crosby and Malkin, right? It's still their show. First, like they were, they were, doing very well you know they were first place in the well they were they were the top non-playoff team you know the team that like missed the top four uh they weren't a bad team at all last year like i i won't say that they're a lock like i would with the flyers but they're pretty darn close okay it would be very very surprising if they missed the playoffs can't wait to hear what you say about the next team okay well let's go to the next team the washington capitals the last team uh, zero cap space. <laughs> zero? Exactly zero. Uh, signing Zidono Chara, who I don't know who's going to come in and play alongside next to. Maybe, uh, you know, you've got... you actually They actually have a gluttony of defensemen. Uh, John Carlson, Dmitry Orlov, Justin Schultz, Brendan Dillon, Nick Jensen, Trevor Van Riemsdyk, and Zidono Chara. All players who could be should be on an NHL roster, uh, which, you know, which is going to leave you with... Uh, with an extra D man, never hurts to have that. Um, no, I think Trevor Van Riemsdyk's a, a 
great number seven D-man to have if that's how you're looking at your depth chart or there. Char so. is your seven. Right. I don't know. I don't know who, who ends up. I think. Well, you can Char, rotate both Char, guys. Yeah, you're, you'd be at his age. Just, especially if you're playing a lot of three and fours. Uh, yeah, I mean, this Washington Capitals team, defensively, they're, they're so solid. Uh, up front, I think it's, it, I mean, it's just Ken. You know, thirty-five-year-old Ovechkin. Ovechkin, no problem. He's going to score. How many games is there? There's fifty-six games. He's going to score thirty-five. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. He'll 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 score. Uh, Nicholas Backstrom. He's still going to feed him the puck. You know, can a thirty-four-year-old TJ Oshie still continue to be effective? Um, he's a big question mark to me. Uh, can Tom Wilson? You know, can he produce what he needs to produce at making over five million bucks? Uh, I, I, I don't know if he can be effective enough to where his, his contract is, you know, ultimately, you go, well, that's worth it. Uh, 44 points last year in a 56-game season, you know, he's like a 30, maybe a 30-point guy. Well, I mean, they, they pay him to free up, you know, the opportunity for Ovi, Backstrom, and Kuzi to, to have space. So, I mean, you know, obviously, yeah, you'd like to see him, you know, in a 56-game season, you'd like to see him maybe get 30, 35 points. I think yeah. would be ideal yeah, for him. I think, so I think, I think that's about about where it but is. But the question mark for me is Jacob Veranda. This guy came out of nowhere last season, and I'm hoping that he just continues to grow because if this team wants to be successful, if they want to have a shot at you know another cup here, why Ovi's window and Backstrom's window is still there, um, you know he's got to continue to produce for them at at the depth for this team. Yeah, he's uh you know going into the last two playoff years, he's got, in 15 games. He's just a minus eight with eight shots. <laughs> no points for Verona. I mean, 52 points in the 69 games. Uh, I mean, that's that's really what this team, like, where are they come playoff time? Because sure. this, this team's likely going to make the playoffs. Well, it, it's crazy to me because now we talk about, you know, Philly being a lock. Pittsburgh almost being a lock. You know, Washington's going to make the playoffs. Then you've got the Rangers, Islanders. You have this gluttony of team, and someone's got to get out at some point. Well, yeah, I mean, you've got the Rangers, the Islanders, and the Bruins, and I think that between right. those three teams... You only get four. Between those three teams, one of them makes the playoffs. It's it's going to be crazy. I, yeah. This was very hard for me to, to pick four teams that I, I would think would make the playoffs because there are a lot of really, really good teams top-heavy, you know, in this division where there's going to be a couple really good teams that aren't going to make it, and you're going to be like, what the frick happened? But really, nothing happened. You just yeah. were in such a tough division. Yeah. yeah, I mean, do I if if the Pittsburgh Penguins were in the West, would you would you consider them missing the playoffs? Probably not. No. Yeah, they wouldn't miss. But in the East, you can, I mean, anything can happen. This division is wild with how stacked up it is. Uh, I mean, even this Washington Capitals team, is there a scenario where they could miss the playoffs? There is absolutely. I, I mean, listen, you don't have you don't have Holtby, you don't have Lundqvist. You, you're relying on Sam Sonoff now, and he, you know he was okay last year. But again, like all these other Russian goaltenders in this division that are going to see each other, you know, there's going to be that competition, and all of three of these guys, Sam Sonoff, you know, Sorokin and Sesterkin, they're all in contract years. So all these guys are looking to prove something now. That is a crazy combination of goaltenders right. in one division. <laughs> So, you know, again, who's who's going to come on our top? Because I think ultimately, you know, when you do have a lot of firepower like we do in this division, you know, you've got to have goaltending stepping up. And there's a lot of young goaltenders in this division. So, well, And the one thing we haven't talked about is Peter LaViolette. 
Yeah. Now, it, sure. Can Peter Laviolette change what this team looks like? I mean, he has been fantastic in his first year as a head coach for most of the teams he plays. And that's, I mean, that is a, that is a huge, like maybe this guy's got magic in a bottle and it works. Well, listen, I think Washington's taking this reverse retro thing seriously because they're doing nothing but getting older at this point. And so can (laughs) Laviolette just, you know, milk every ounce of, you know, production out of these guys. I don't know how else to say it. Zidono Chara, could he, could he could come in and he, you could drop him, in and alongside like a, a Dmitry Orlov. You could put him with John Carlson. With John Car- yeah. And let Carlson just go ham again and just put up, you know, 20 goals yeah. and, yeah. you know, 50 points and call it a day. Chara, is, Chara his, his question mark to me has always come come playoff time. He he always, for the last two or three years, he seemed to be a step Lost. behind come playoff time. But. Yeah. The, the leadership never hurts come playoff time, but you still got to go out there and produce a little bit. But he hasn't lost. He hasn't lost a round, uh, in the first round in what since 2017 is the last time Chara lost in the first round. So that bodes well. Yeah, I mean he hasn't missed the playoffs since what 2015. Did the Bruins miss the playoffs in 2015? Yeah, they did. That was the year they got slaughtered with injuries. Yep. Uh, all right. Who are your playoff picks? Let's hear it. Oh man. Okay. So. In no particular order. In no particular order. Great. Okay, so I will say this first off. New Jersey, Buffalo, sorry, you're not getting anywhere close. Okay. This division's too okay. tough. You're out. Now, when we talk about the other six teams and picking four out of those, um, first off, New York Rangers. I'm picking them. I am in love with their goaltending. I'm in love with um, you know a lot of their forwards up front, so I'm... I'm picking them to make the playoffs. You know, the deficiencies on defense, maybe in terms of having some stay-at-home guys, we'll see how that pans out. But uh, Rangers, I think the Flyers squeeze in as well. I'm not so keen on them as being a lock as you are, but uh, I think they get in Pittsburgh and Washington. I think the Islanders find a way to lose, and Boston, I think, doesn't get in. Okay. Uh, I think... My my playoff predictions are probably wildly different than yours. Okay, I love it though. One thing that we, that we have to take into account, I'm just kind of thinking about this, is that because you're playing, you're only playing seven teams. Like this is basically like original six stuff. Like you're playing the same teams all year. Right. What happens when you play the same players and the same teams over and over again? You start to learn their tendencies. So the players that are really freaking good, it doesn't matter what what tendency you figure out. Go ahead. You you know what Austin Matthews is going to do? No, you don't. You can't figure the guy. Like, there's such subtleties in his shot. Well, they always find ways to adjust. Yes, you're not going to figure it out. You, you don't figure him out. You, you don't figure out Crosby. No one's figured out Malkin. No, no one has figured out the high-end, high-end player because they're just so good. Right. There's just no, no planning around the guy. No, and I like I look at Boston's top line, right? Nobody, regardless who you paired up against no them, plan against them. You just no. you have to just sort of just limit the damage, right? My, my hesitancy towards Boston without Pasternak for the first month of the season, you know, that's you're, that you're is part of it too. At and then you still have to ish games. Yes, but, and then the time that it takes for him to get back into game shape. I, so. I'm not so worried about that. Okay, fair, fair. He's, he's only a twenty, what twenty five? Yeah, yeah. It, okay. Here's my picks for the playoffs. Like I said, the Flyers are a lock. I, I think the Flyers are in the playoffs based on 
the defensive side of that team. I think they're just too like they've got too much depth up front where they're not they're going to score and the back end is is very good and Carter Hart's only going to get better. They are in the playoffs. The Boston Bruins because that top line is so freaking good, you can't stop that top line. They're going to make the playoffs. They're they're this is like their this is their last shot. And I think that Bergeron, Krejci, I think these guys are going to they're going to squeeze everything they can out of this team leadership wise. The Boston Bruins are in. The next team in the playoffs, I I man, I have a, a hard time seeing the Pittsburgh Penguins missing the playoffs with a healthy team. Health, yeah, that's the key. I think the Pittsburgh Penguins are in. I like their goaltending more than I like Washington's goaltending at this point. And Washington, I think, is just they're doing their best to patch everything together. I think that the Washington Capitals, over time, I think there's a way to plan against a lot of what they do. Not Ovechkin. (laughs) Everybody knows he sits up at the the circle, but but they still can't. can't. You can't stop. It doesn't matter. (laughs) But I think that I think for them that once they're continually playing these same teams, I think you can strategize against them. You can't strategize against Malkin and Crosby. And I think that that puts them in for me. The final team that is going to make the playoffs is the Buffalo Sabres. What? You cannot game plan against Jack Eichel. And I think that when when I look top to bottom in this division, who are the best players in this division? I think you still got to give the nod to Sidney Crosby. The next most effective player in this division outside might be David Pasternak, but he's going to miss at least the first month. I think it's Jack Eichel is the next best player in this division. And I think in this short season, given that he's very young and he's a center, so Ovechkin still is going to score goals, but he's a winger and he's he's not going to he just doesn't touch the puck as much as a guy like Jack Eichel. Does. Sure, you put him above a guy like Malkin though too. You add in a Taylor Hall. Rasmus Dahlin gets better. If you even get close to average goaltending, I think the Buffalo Sabres are a playoff team. I, I love the boldness. I love the boldness. But so that would put <laughs> I think Washington, <laughs> New York, New York, and New Jersey out of the playoffs. Wow. So I'm going Boston, Buffalo, Philadelphia, and Pittsburgh. A money-hungry NHL would lose their shit if they lost both New York teams <laughs> and Washington. All three New York teams, basically. Dude. The Devils, you know. It's, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> and the Sabres are a New York team, though. Don't forget. <laughs> uh, geography. All right. We'll, uh, we'll see how all that plays out. Uh, continue to, uh, to look for more division previews. We'll do the uh, – I think we'll, we'll save the Canadian one for last. We'll, we'll rock out the West next. I'm totally fine with it. We'll do the Canadian one last. Uh, so stay tuned for those. Find us on Twitter, at OT Hockey Talk. Have yourself a – by the time you're listening to this, hope you have just an absolutely great new year. And uh, we'll talk to you guys soon.